Welcome, Rosalind. Welcome to the RevAmp podcast show. We're glad to have you on board here today to share a wealth of your experiences within the revenue operations profession. For those that don't already know you, I'd love it if you just kick us off by maybe introducing yourself, your, your current role, and, uh, and a little bit about the company that you work at. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for having me, Gideon. So I'm Rosalind Santa Elena. Um, I'm actually currently the head of revenue operations at Clary. Uh, for people who don't know, Clary is really the revenue operations platform, really managing your end to end revenue process. Um, I've been with the company since the beginning of this year, so less than a year, um, and just was uh, not new to the product or the, or the platform, was a two-time customer right. joining the company, so just super excited to be a champion of the product and be part of the, part of the journey. I love that. And I love the direction that you guys are going in. And I think what's interesting about your backstory from what I understand is the fact that you've obviously been in the revenue operations profession for, for a good amount of time and that you've experienced different scales or sizes of companies at different, you know, maturity sets. And I think, you know, what's also interesting for me personally is the fact that you've done all of that and built a career while also balancing being, uh, you know, a good wife and mother and raising children of your own. And you've managed to kind of be very real within that process and share that learning with others who might think that they have to choose one or the other, as opposed to uh, find a good way to, to do both at the same time. Is that fair to, yes. fair to say that's been a bit of your experience? Yes, absolutely. So I don't know how good of a wife I've been or how great of a mother, but definitely, um, you know, I've been a working mom for almost 25 years, you know, my pretty much my entire management um, career and have really, you know, continued to sort of balance work and life and try to do the best that I can. Um, you know, I do think it's a great message for others to know that, you know, you can have a career and you can have a family, you know, as a, as a, as a female leader, um, but know that it's without, you know, it's not without struggles, right? It is a juggle right. every day. And um, I think as we were talking about or have shared before, you know, especially with this year, 2020 has been, you know, a different year that will go down in the books, you know, in the history books. And I think that, um, you know, the juggle is real. I would say the struggle is real and trying to juggle is real. And so I think um, just knowing that you can do both, but it is a struggle and just to make sure that you, you, I guess, give yourself kind of that self-awareness and know yeah, that. Absolutely. And I think we want to key in together today on the, uh, in the direction of how to build uh, a successful and healthy career in revenue operations. And I think, you know, I'll open the door for you, but I think perhaps the starting point is to, to, to start with defining, uh, you know, what revenue operations is and isn't, and it's, you know, where you believe it, it is at in the market in terms of recognition, kind of giving the context for the story before kind of jumping in and then saying how to navigate through it. So just flipping over to you, Rosalind, where do you think the state of revenue operations is right now in, in the market in terms of how that's recognized? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think with revenue operations, I get asked quite a bit, like, what is revenue operations, right? And I think if you ask different companies, um, you know, different people, you may likely get a very different answer. Um, there's definitely a rise in the understanding of revenue operations, you'll hear it quite a bit more. And I think it's, I, my own definition is really, I look at revenue operations as sort of the end-to-end -end, um, infrastructure and support of the revenue process, right? It's really the systems, the tools, the processes, 
um, policies and really alignment across all of your customer facing teams, whether that's, you know, from top of funnel all the way through renewal and upsell to your existing customer base. And with, um, you know, sort of the rise of value selling and understanding how important it is to the customer journey to have a frictionless process. I think companies are realizing that you need to have that infrastructure internally to support that process and um, really have alignment across the customer journey end to end. So with revenue operations, um, you know, it's not new. I always tell people it's not something new. Somebody was doing it all along. Um, it's just that I think there's just a much bigger awareness in the market for the role. With re regards to the role, I would, I would still guess that for some executive leaders, they might still perceive or <clears throat> project that that role might still be quite a tactical role in terms of the way it's executed. I'm sure that's not your experience, but tell me a little bit more about the way that you perceive that role being uh, executed in a best case scenario for, for a company these days. How do, you, how do you see the best case scenario for revenue operations is and should be? Yeah, absolutely. I think revenue operations is really the, can be the strategic differentiator in a company, I mean, if you look at a year like 2020, where most organizations, you know, potentially in January or February rolled out brand new operating plans, you know, they had their kickoffs, they talked a lot about growth and all the initiatives, and then the pandemic hit, right? COVID hit, mm -hmm. and everybody was scrambling to quickly pivot, right? Their business people were changing their operating plans, changing their go-to-market strategy, shifting to more of a customer focus, you know, and figuring out how, what their new strategy was going to be. And if you look at that as an, a good example of a company that has a really strong revenue operations infrastructure, those are the companies that are going to be able to pivot very quickly, right? Change their plans and be able to execute all the way through, you know, to their sales teams, to their marketing teams, to their CS teams, and be able to execute on the new plan. For, and, and in that sense, I look at that as really the strategic differentiator, right? And I think a lot of um, companies and leadership, as well as the operators themselves, look at themselves potentially as a tactical practitioner, right? Somebody who manages the CRM, manages the systems, runs reports, right? And I always tell companies that that's not the real value of revenue operations, right? The real value is being that strategic advisor, right? Being the business partner. You know, I look at my role as the head of revenue operations truly as like a chief of staff, right? You're the chief of staff. You're the right-hand person to the leader in, in revenue, to the CRO. Being the eyes and ears for the CRO, helping drive decisions, help run the day-to-day, -day, right? It's really that chief of staff person that's seeing everything that's going on, kind of eyes and ears on the street, being the one who helps with, um, you know, because you are the person who is closest to the data and to the day-to-day -day, what's happening in the business, you're able to identify blind spots, right? See around corners, be able to uh, bubble up insights. And that's, I think that's the real value. It's not about running reports and pushing Excel or, you know, pulling reports from the different systems. It's about what is that data telling me and what should my CRO and our C-suite be doing about the information that I have. Um, and I think the more that we can up-level ourselves um, as operators to look as not, I'm just the tactical administrator, but really the person who is guiding the business um, and being a true business partner, I think that's really the value of operations and of this RevOps role. So I fully understand what you shared and, and I do think that is very true across the board. Is there anything 
very concrete that a revenue operations team member would need to do to, to practically shift from being a tactical team member to being strategic? Are there specific steps that they need to take in order to transition their mindset? Like that's the crux of it right there is it's hard to change mindset, especially if you've been told or believe something for an extended period of time. So I guess there's a shift in mindset. You, you told us at a high level that you should kind of be more strategic. Where do I start? Yep, <laughs> Where absolutely. do I start tomorrow? <laughs> absolutely. And I think, I think you hit it on the head is it's the mind shift first, right? You have to have the mindset of I'm not here to you know, be help desk 101 for your CRM, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not here to run reports and create fields in your systems, right? I'm here to enable the sales team and the revenue team. Mm -hmm. I'm here to help make things more efficient, more effective and be, start being more, I mean, it's easy to say, to say, be proactive, don't be reactive, right? But in today's world, we all know we're doing a lot more with a lot less, right? Companies are lean, ops teams are very lean in every company and in terms of a ratio to the revenue team. And I think there are a lot of small steps that each of us can be doing every day, yeah. right? So an example is, you know, I keep talking about the data, but if some, if I'm being asked to run a report on X, right, instead of just running that report and sending it out, take a look at the data, right? Do the extra, if you will, kind of take that extra step. Look at the data. What is it telling me? Does it make sense? Is it, what questions is it answering, right? right? What am I, what am I gauging from this data and what decisions need to be made, right? And I think really understanding the objective of where we're trying to go and then being able to go pull the information or, you know, whatever it is to be able to help decipher that and solve a problem, right? It's just like selling. You're trying to solve a business problem. It's internal and your customers are internal, but you're still trying to solve a business problem, right? Same example with if you are, you know, um, if you're designing a new system, we're implementing a new tool, right? There's tons of tech out there, right? And oftentimes the management of that tech, not just selecting the tech and implementing the tech, but managing it is, it falls a lot, a lot of times on the revenue operations team. And so with that, instead of looking at it as I'm just implementing a tool, it's I'm solving a problem, right? I'm enabling the sales team or the revenue team to do something different do something better, be more productive, spend less time in the system. We always talk about this, less time in the system, more time selling, right? That's the job, right? I think of operations. So when you are um, doing something in the tool or configuring a, a system for some, for some benefit for the revenue team, think about what you're actually doing. How is this enabling them, right? It's not, let me add a field to something. It's let me build out a business process that is going to enable something to be done faster, right? And at the end of the day, it's all about, it's all about driving more revenue faster, right? So I think everything that we do, if we can shift that mindset to think about when I'm doing something, how can I go that extra step to make this more value add and more of a, you know, more of a value add and business partner aspect to the sales leadership team. So when you were speaking about that, the, th the thing that crossed my mind from, you know, from prior conversations with you was the fact that many revenue operations professionals are typically stronger in one area than another or have a predisposition for, for maybe even enjoy, enjoying one more area more than another. 
what is the right balance, you know, as you kind of play that out forward? Should you try to become a really good all-rounder? Should you try to become a true, an absolute expert in one core area of revenue operations and excel in that, you know, exponentially? What's your, your guidance or your, your feeling on the right way to tackle that reality? Because revenue operations is broad these days, right? It could even include, yes. as you said before, marketing, marketing operations, as well as sales operations, as well as, you know, the other uh, obvious areas. So yeah, how do, you, how do you tackle that reality? Yeah, that's a really great question because that operation spans so many pieces, right? Especially when you talk about revenue ops, you're talking about the entire end-to-end customer journey. As you touched on, you know, it's marketing, it's sales, it's renewals, it's customer success, it's services, right? It's partners. Um, so there's, it's very, very broad. And I think I always think of it as, you know, you have sort of a toolkit, right? You have an operations toolkit and each of us, you know, as we specialize in one certain area, um, we get, we add something to our toolkit, right? So maybe you are very strong in forecasting and you do forecasting really well. And you might've started your career as a forecasting analyst or maybe a data analyst. And so you have expertise in that area and you kind of put that in your toolkit, right? And then you expand, maybe you start to expand into managing the CRM, you know, and then you have that and you put that in your tech stack or in your toolbox, I guess your tech stack in your toolbox. Um, maybe you start doing comp, maybe you start doing, so there's all these different areas of operations that I would suggest folks get, ex, you know, really gain expertise in a certain area and then start to broaden, right? And start to build out your overall operations toolkit. Um, because a lot of times you'll focus maybe on sales ops and then you'll expand to more of the top of the funnel and marketing ops. And then you'll might, you know, kind of, expand into post-sales operations and help with that. Um, so you start to build out that toolkit. And then you, at the same time, you're, you know, if your desire is to manage people, then you start to also move up in your career, right? And start building out a team. Um, because I, oh, go ahead. No, so you have a question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're just obviously opening doors in my mind there. So, you know, <laughs> whereas with revenue operations, it's about getting to more revenue faster. When it comes to your revenue operations career is it about getting to more seniority faster or is it about taking the time to to kind of be kind to yourself and give yourself enough time to become really strong in these core areas is it about speed or is it about quality and and kind of those quantitative steps yeah Yeah, i'm I'm my i'm of the opinion that it's about quality Mm. um because speed you can move up but if you don't have it's like a a a house of cards, right? If you don't have really strong foundation in certain areas, you won't know how to build it, right? Somewhere else. So you won't know how to build that operations and you don't know what good looks like in different areas. Um, so I do think with um, building out your revenue operations career, it is about building true blocks and not cards, right? It's really build a block in forecasting, build a block in, you know, maybe it's deals desk, build a block in your tech stack, in your data, right, in, in, in comp. So all the different areas, like, for example, my career started out in sales compensation, right? So early on, I started in sales comp, really mastered that, that I've always owned end to end comp, that's my passion. People who know me well know that I love comp, it's crazy, people think I'm nuts, but I love that area. And then that's what I did is I built expertise in comp and then started expanding into other areas of operations and then started expanding into other areas of top of funnel, marketing ops, and then CS ops, and sort of built out my toolkit over the years, but it does take time, right? I've been managing uh, go-to-market or revenue operations for 20 years now, 
So you think about the time that it takes to really build, um, but you also think about how the business is constantly changing, right? And um, the business is changing and so your operations is gonna change with it. So Rosalind, as you think back over that 20 year period, it's a tough question, but I'm gonna ask it. What were the key decisions, defining moments where you got the decisions right? Oh. Is there anything that stands out to you that that was a key kind of pivotal moment in my career and I, I made the right decision and that therefore kind of created a, a pathway or a journey that I might not have gone on? Absolutely. So, um, so starting out, I guess I have a couple of examples actually. So starting out very early, um, I started out in finance in my career and was actually, I managed accounts receivable. So for those of you who know, you know, billing collections, asking people to pay me <laughs> yeah. and then had an opportunity to move over to manage sales commissions. Mm-hmm. And I thought, why would I, what do I know about commissions, right? I'm all about people paying me. What right. do I know about paying people? Um, but I said, but at the time, our uh, CFO and CEO had asked me to, you know, go over there and help build out a process. And it was really to fix a process that wasn't working very well. Right. So that's one of my strengths. So went to do something completely different, right? Completely pivot. Um, and do something very different and realize that, you know, commissions is not, has nothing to do with paying people, really. It's all about design, driving, you know, being part of the uh, understanding the strategy and designing comp structures that are going to drive behavior, right, at the highest, at the highest level. So I made that move over to sort of the dark side, if I will, into sales and into the revenue side. And I've been there ever since. Yeah. Right. But I moved over to that side and that was a chance that I took. Hey, I don't know anything about it, but took a chance to do that. Mm-hmm. And then and then continue to expand, like I said, is moving into other areas of operations. And the other thing um, I think that I also did that was a big move for me was I had always worked in, you know, midsize to large public companies. Right. So large organizations, right? Uh, 2,000 employees to, you know, almost 80,000 employees, right? When I was at a much larger company, you know, hardware, software, kind of more perpetual software space. And um, several years ago, I made a move in to start to go to a startup, right? And when um, I was approached to join the company, um, I thought, hey, you know, I'd like to go build something from scratch, you know, take my experience um, and build something from nothing. And I remember them telling me, we have nothing. We want you to come out and build out an operations, a field operations function. And I remember thinking, oh, you can't have nothing. You know, let me see what you have. And really, we had nothing. <laughs> we really had nothing. But it was, a, it was an opportunity for me to take my experience and go build something and do things that, you know, maybe I hadn't done for many years because, you know, early on in my career. Or maybe I didn't have a chance to do because I had a team to do it. But it was a lot of fun, right? It was rolling up your sleeves, getting into the, getting really into the weeds, doing everything. And when I say everything, I mean, I always give this example, but when we did SKO, I was the one negotiating the hotel rooms. I was dragging power cords to the conference room because I didn't want to pay for power. You know, I was doing a lot of that type of work. Like I was negotiating, you know, how much coffee we're going to drink, you know, I'm just every little detail, but it was so fun. And you can see, you know, I'm super excited about it because I think just working for a startup gave me, um, the experience, right, to really make an impact. And not to say that in a big company, you don't make an impact because you absolutely do. But in a small company, the speed at which you can drive value and really make an impact is huge, right? We talk a lot about, you know, startup life being like dog years, and it really isn't that long. I've come to the conclusion after, you know, working for four 
four now SaaS startups that it's about a three X multiplier. I think a month in a bigger company is like a quarter. I'm, I'm sorry, a month in a smaller company is like a quarter in a bigger company. Oh, I know what you, I know what you mean. I joined, you know, I entered a SaaS startups just a few years ago and I was 20 years old and all of a sudden I'm, <laughs> I'm now approaching 40 and it's only been a, at least three or four years. So uh, definitely not the Benjamin Button effect that I was hoping for. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. But it's so much fun, right? And I think that was another pivotal move for me because moving into a, you know, move, moving into a startup, starting a different environment, feeling like I've found my niche, right? Somewhere where you can really build for scale. And having that um, big company experience, I think is always beneficial when you work in a startup because you build for today, short term, right? Especially in the operations world, you build for what will solve today, but you always build for long term, you know, with scale in mind. And having worked in big companies and knowing what good looks like when you are a billion dollar company, that gives you sort of the foresight in order to build something that will be scalable. Perfect. Rosalind, that's been fantastic. You've been a wealth of, uh, of experience and information. And I love the fact that you give it away freely and just pay that, <laughs> pay that forward and share that with all of us. So thank you on behalf of everybody tuning in to the RevAmp podcast show. Um, yeah. Earnestly looking forward to your continued success at Clary. I see uh, that things are going really well there for you. And, uh, and yeah, a big, big thank you to you for everything that you've contributed. Oh, thank you for having me. This was fun. <laughs>